Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. And that's the spiritual practice of beginning again. We begin again and we, we have a choice of how we begin again. We actually have no choice whether or not to begin again. If you don't believe me, make a decision today that I will do everything exactly as I planned and I will have it turn out exactly the way I want it to turn out. And I will continue this not just through today, but tomorrow and this week and Okay, I'm getting the smiles, right? So we head down a course in our lives, and sometimes in a matter of seconds, or sometimes in a matter of years, we find ourselves having to begin again. And there is many ways of beginning again. Some make us absolutely miserable, and some ways of beginning again lift us up spiritually, allow us to grow, to unfold, to become all that we are being called to be. Retreat in what's called noble silence. The teacher or the leader of the retreat centers is a beautiful, beautiful man named Goenka. He's very wide and very short and has a guttural voice. But over the years, over the days, I grew to love this person as an amazing, amazing inspiration. And the very first time I went to one of these retreats, I'm very grateful that I went with my son. And I was a minister in training He was a young man of no declared spiritual path whatsoever. And so we go together to this retreat, and had he not been there, I would have bolted by the second day. I was so miserable, so uncomfortable, and I had 10 days of this to look forward to. But the thing was, is I had this ego, and I wasn't about to get up and leave the retreat me, the minister in training, with my son sitting there continuing the retreat and not running away. So I'm sharing that just to give an idea of the mindset that I be, well, I began with this intention of being this very holy person, going deep into meditation, meeting the God of my being, coming out enlightened, uplifted, just radiant, right? That was my intention. And then the retreat happened. One of the things with the retreat is for 10 days, there's what the Buddhists call noble silence, which means no talking, no nodding hello, no winking, no gesturing, no reading, no journaling, no devices. 
noble silence. You just stay in the silence. The only spoken words was during the retreat, the teacher, Goenka, in a recording, would remind us of what we are doing. There was each day an instruction for that day's meditation. And for the first four days, the instruction was to follow your breath, to notice how your breath feels. Imagine four days, noble silence, following the breath, right? And then throughout the day, Goenka's recorded voice would remind us to follow your breath. But the other thing throughout the day, maybe four or five times, his recorded voice would come up into the silence in the temple, and he would say, start again. Start again, twice. And sure enough, the moment he was saying, start again, my mind was on what so-and-so said five years ago and how I should have said, blah, 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 and that would have made it right. And Okay? Or, mm, my hip hurts, my knee itches, my elbow is sore, I want to move, I'm not supposed to, you know, and... So, and then Goenka's voice would come up and say, start again. And I would take a breath, and I'd let go of all that stuff, and I would start again. And what helped in those moments was remembering my intention. Maybe a little bit too noble, but the intention was to be spiritually centered and uplifted. And I would start again, and I would notice my breath. And sure enough, after a little while, there I was, off and running with some 10-year-old problem that my mind felt like it needed to solve in this moment, right? Or that itch that if I weren't sitting here in the silence would gently go away in a matter of seconds, but seems to persist for what was like hours. We didn't have a clock, so you gauged time by how it felt. And there would be Goenka's voice again, start again, start again. Such powerful words because it would bring me back to the center of my being. It would bring me back to that place of knowing that I am a spiritual being. And this is why I'm sitting here to connect with that, to become more aware in Buddhist teachings, to awaken. In unity teachings, we talk about realizing truth. You go deep enough, it's the same thing. The thing about start again or begin again, it's not just start over, but it's an intentional, aware starting right where I am with no judgment and no criticism. Absolutely no. Because the moment I would start judging myself, am I starting again or am I off and running one more time, right? So the practice is to start again with absolutely no judgment 
no criticism. Another Buddhist teacher, Jack Cornfield, would teach that we treat our mind like a very young puppy. We give it an instruction. With the puppy, it might be sit. With our mind, it was stay, stay focused on your breath. But with the puppy, if we tell a, a little puppy to sit, and we sit it down, it'll sit for maybe two seconds, and then it's up and wandering. We don't yell at the puppy. We don't think, what a stupid puppy. We very gently pick up the puppy, put it back, show it how to sit, and we say, sit. Three seconds later, the puppy is up and wandering. We pick up the puppy, we bring it back, we maybe pet it, we sit it down, and we say, sit. With no judgment, no criticism. So we treat our minds, our consciousness, like a very young puppy because In spiritual terms, that's all we are, is very young puppies trying to learn our way, right? So no judgment and no criticism. So the gift of this type of meditation practice, or of any spiritual practice, is not just that sense of connecting with that divine presence within us, which by itself, if that were the only gift, would be enough, right? But another level of being blessed by this is it becomes a model for living. It becomes a model for how we begin again in day-to-day life. If every time something goes wrong, we get stuck in self-condemnation or in criticism, there we are, off and running, not on the path we intended on, not doing what we are intending or planning to do. But if we can hear that start again within us, begin again within us when we've gotten off the path or in a maze in which we're lost, an anger that we're stuck in, a sadness that brings us down, a fear that is crippling us when we get stuck in that, if we are able to remember those words, begin again, start again, and to do it without judgment or criticism. That is a lifelong spiritual practice because I guarantee that every person in this room, every person listening online is an expert at self-criticism. I mean, we are good at that. But we are called to release that as we begin again and allow us to focus on that which we are intending to be, focus on that which we are intending to become, focus on offering love where there is hate, offering joy where there is sadness. I never had the beautiful opportunity of speaking to St. Francis. He was many, 
many, many years before me, but I bet that part of his life, in order to learn to live like that, that he had to begin again over and over and over and over again and not get lost in that self-criticism or judgment. Right? So we begin again and we begin with, with an openness to what is being given us. Guy Finley is the author of Fearless Living, the book that we will be using for our fall reflections. And he's written many other books. One that I'm reading at the moment is The Secret of Our Immortal Self. And in the second book, he wrote... Real life never stops starting over. But before one can know its unencumbered freedom, we, one must let go of the attachments in the past that produce a painful sense of self. Somewhere in those same pages, he said, you know, when we begin again, when we start over, when we've been redirected in our lives, in our paths, there's a freedom, there's opportunities, there's possibilities in that sometimes that we never dreamed of. But we can block all those possibilities and opportunities. We can block the good that is waiting to come to us because we're stuck in a conversation with ourselves and our minds about something that happened 10 years ago or yesterday. Or an hour ago. Right? So life is forever changing, offering new beginnings in each and every moment. And we are given the opportunity to begin again with a consciousness of openness and embracing opportunities. Guy Finley went on to write, our need to change to me, made new is constant. Because isn't that the nature of life? We change, we grow, we become, we become amazed, and we reach for something greater. If we were done, imagine if in this moment you were done. There was nowhere else to grow, nowhere else to change, nothing else to be gone. Like, what's the point? We think we want to be done. We don't want to be done. We want life to continue to challenge us, to amaze us, to wow us. Possibilities, we allow ourselves to be filled with grumbling because life has the nerve to be changing. Right? A beginner's mind is an open mind. I saw on the internet the sign. It looked like a no parking sign, but the words were, sorry, mine closed until further notice. So we can, we can get into this attitude of, I'm not changing. I want things to be exactly the way they used to be. Anybody here ever been successful in making that happen? Anybody here ever thought that before? Maybe a thousand times, you know? 
Suzuki Roshi is a Zen master and teacher. He wrote a, a very well-known book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And in it, he said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert mind, very few. So innocence and wonder and a welcoming of life as it is coming to us are the qualities of a beginner's mind. A beginner's mind is the willingness to not know. That can be a tough one because there is a, a, a little bit of a control freak inside of each and every one of us, and we want to know exactly how it's going to unfold, wanting it to unfold the way I know it should unfold. Has anybody in here ever known exactly how something should unfold? <laughs> Which is fine. You know, that's how we go, we go forward. We step after step with the intention of creating the life we want, the conditions that we want, but with the willingness that life does something different and then we begin again. Another sign that I found on the internet said, I had no idea what's going to happen and I love it. It's developing a little bit of that joyous anticipation of life as it's unfolding. And that can be hard. It can be hard. It can be challenging to do these things. It takes faith. It takes trust. Because some of those changes that come at us don't look good, don't feel good and can feel so far from what I wanted to happen. Our own church community, it was a beautiful community. The, the pews were more filled than they are today. Online, maybe we had 10 people occasionally watching. Um, our social hall was filled. We had two services. And then this pandemic happened. Talk about hard. Talk about challenges over and over and over and over and over again. And then we come back together and, you know, the, this COVID thing spikes and goes back down and spikes and goes back down. So the guidelines change. You can sing, you, can, you cannot sing, you can eat, you cannot eat, you can breathe, you cannot breathe, you have to wear a mask, it's okay not to wear a mask, don't touch anybody, don't hug anybody, or now you can hug. And half of us aren't here. Have about 450 people joining us online. So when you connect with those people who are joining us this moment, you're connecting with a very large community. But how do people like us, who were born before smartphones, before computers, how do we learn to connect on a heart level with a community of people we don't see, 
we can't touch, we can't hug, but they're with us. And we are one. We are one. So we are called upon to begin again. And yes, we'll grow. People will come back into these pews. But it will never be what it used to be. Just because that's how life is. But it can be great. It can be beautiful. It can be wondrous. It can fill us with joy and possibilities. But faith, because sometimes it doesn't look like our highest and best is unfolding, right? So Myrtle Fillmore, when the Unity Movement began, they bought this big farm, hundreds of acres, and we're doing wonderfully, and then the Depression happened. And fear started coming up, and Myrtle's message, Myrtle Fillmore is our co-founder, which she said, is the most important thing is having enough faith. So we trust that there is a guidance within us. We trust that there is an intention that is beautiful and is growing. And we have faith that our highest and best is what's happening. In unity, when we pray, we often add this phrase at the end, this or something better. And what that means is the divine presence to which I'm turning, the God of my being that I am calling upon, I am saying, this is what my heart longs for, this is what I envision, this is what I want. And I pray for this, but this or something better. Trusting that sometimes, even beyond the good that we envision, there is something better. So this is the spiritual path, beginning again, day after day, moment after moment, month after month, and doing it with the joy of a child. And the children are experts at beginner's mind. They are willing to know that they don't know. They're willing to trust their parent. They're willing to embrace what's unfolding. Not always. Sometimes they kick and scream just like we do. But there is a quality in childhood that's worth creating or, or grabbing and holding on to for ourselves. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 3, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is beginning and beginning and beginning again. Life itself is beginning and beginning and beginning again. And then finally, from the book of Proverbs, trust in the Lord. Trust in that divine presence within you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And so it is.
We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.